Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Cotton Club crew. We are now full tilt into the basketball season. The Red Raiders took on a Power 5 opponent, Vanderbilt, in our last time out on the court. Uh, As is becoming typical for the Red Raiders, they are riding high with the three ball. uh, And it, it is really something to see from a team last year that could not shoot at all to really have some high level production with a three ball. Um, you are sitting with only two losses to the year, both to power five competition, I guess, power six, big East, um, <clears throat> both good teams. Villanova kind of pushed around, but Butler, you really battled, had an overtime shot at Butler. Um, didn't quite get that one done. Great game there, but Vanderbilt was your last time out one seventy six to 54. Look, Vanderbilt's not good, and I don't want to overreact to beating a bad team. They're four and six for a reason. They are not good. Um, but you dominated a 22-point win in that game. And some guys that you're wanting to see step up really did. Pop Isaacs has not been playing well a lot this season. Um, you know, he's been very, very hit or miss. He had a great night in this one with 19 points. Uh, Toussaint continues to be very consistent, 12. Curran Walton, though, is kind of the story of the season, his resurgence, as long with Chance McMillan. Um, Walton would have 12 in this game. McMillan would have 14 off the bench. And I want to reiterate that, off the bench. You have gotten Jack Diddley squat off your bench the last couple of seasons. So it's great to have a six-man potentially to kind of do some damage like that, um, especially as he's, if he's finding his shot. The, I mean, that is a huge weapon. Now let's dive into it, Joe. Let's talk first just looking at the Vanderbilt game in a vacuum. Um, Big game in this one. Much better defensive effort after some tougher defensive efforts. Tech controlled this one pretty early, pulled away, kind of put this one away and and ran away and hide. What were your thoughts watching this one? It almost reminded me of watching some early on NBA championship runs of the San Antonio Spurs. 
And what I mean by that is mostly the ball movement and getting, you know, passing up a good shot for a great shot. It's just one of those things that like a, a poetry in motion kind of deal. You get the guys, you move the ball around, you distribute, you get the open shot, and it's a higher percentage shot than the previous shot that you could have attempted. And that's something that this this team's really prided itself on the last couple of games since the Cambridge injury. Um, and then put um, inserting um, Kerwin Walton into the starting rotation and then bringing the guys, the McMillans, the Lamar Washington, Robert Jennings off the bench. This is just one of those things. And a, a bunch of credit to McCaslin and his staff for getting this team, you know, prepared in that regard. Because once, like I said, McCaslin had always preached, you know, make the easy pass. Don't don't pass off of your feet. Don't turn the ball over, you know, just like the basics, the fundamentals of basketball. And whenever this team is on that fundamentally sound team, the assists are up, the turnovers are down, and our points are up, and we're getting great looks. And that's all you could ask for. And 10 games into the season, you're starting us, you're starting to see us some some success stacked. And this this basketball team could easily be nine and one. That that Villanova game, obviously, we got bullied a lot. So, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that loss, but we did learn a lot about ourselves at that game. We fought Butler all the way till the end, overtime loss there. And then, you know, we're, like I said, we're doing all of the the fundamentals of basketball, moving the ball around. We're getting some help off the bench. That's, that's huge in any level. And it's, it's great to see. And it's just like, like you said, it's, in our football, you're just looking to stack success, next stepping stone up. And I think this basketball team is slowly getting there. And I'm here for it. I'm I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see McCaslin and company get it done. I'm glad to see Kerwin, you know, coming pretty much out of nowhere to be almost, I'm not going to say savior right now, but man, is that a breath of fresh air whenever he comes in and it's almost automatic right now. I think somewhere in the lines of 70% his last three games from beyond the arc. And that's, you just can't coach that kind of skill. Huge shout out to Curran Walter because that, you know, it's a guy who struggled off and on throughout his career. Um, you know, he came in as such a sharpshooter with such high hopes and to see him kind of to get back his stroke is really incredible to kind of be, to get to witness, you know, and it, it it's huge because you, you lose a guy like Cambridge and you're kind of scrambling to fit in your rotation. You're looking for somebody to plug in and to have Walton kind of step up um, is huge for not just, you know, just pure scoring, but from the fact that you feel a little bit more comfortable with your overall rotation. Uh, but I, I really want to say that, you know, that, that this team is going to still live or die with the three ball. It's still going to live and die with what Pop Isaacs is doing and Joe Jassant. Um, it still struggles with interior scoring pretty regularly. So, you know, really be watching guys like Warren Washington. Um, his points per game right now sit around nine. Um, 8.5 rebounds. It it just you're just not you're just not a particularly good interior team, and I'm not sure really how you fix that. 
Um, you're going to have to play small ball. You're going to have to hope that you can defend well at the perimeter. But Villanova demonstrated kind of how you can take its attack, and which is just back them down. Fortunately, fortunately, Vanderbilt just really couldn't do that. Washington's playing, I think, a lot better um, on both sides of the ball. Um, something to watch is your turnover numbers too. You know, you're not going to be the kind of team that can afford a ton of turnovers. Um, Williams in this game had five, Tucson had four, um, Isaacs with one and Washington with one, you, you, you ended up and then, uh, Jennings or excuse me, both Washington's with one. So you end up with 12 total turnovers. That's not bad. I think most coaches say 10 is your, what you're striving for. So that's a number to watch because saving possessions, not losing cheap possessions, because you're not going to get many second chance looks. You don't rebound well enough as a team to really get a ton of second chance looks. You had 40 rebounds this game to Vanderbilt's 29. Vanderbilt, for their part, really doesn't have any uh, a, a, a dominant rebounder, but they did have a big and Lubin who really took it to you in the inside with 15 points. So you can kind of see, right, like Tech's weakness is rebounding. Their weakness defensively is is interior scoring. Teams can back them down. Um, and Washington's foul trouble uh, is something always to keep an eye on. He did great in this game. Minimizing the personal fouls, only had two. That's something he's got to do all year long. He cannot get into foul trouble. So overall, this was a good performance, right? And and you did what you were supposed to do against a bad team at home. Uh, I will say, and I'm going to ask your thoughts on this, Joe. It's it's pretty amazing how bad the crowds have been. Just really astounding how quickly support for the basketball program in person's kind of dwindled to nothing. Um, you know, Mark Adams kind of blew everything up. So it's it's kind of crazy to see that um, Vanderbilt, the official reported attendance, fifty four percent. I don't know if there actually was, you know, seven thousand odd people there. It felt less. But what what do you think Tech should be doing to try to get that people back involved? I mean, the students are obviously been this time of year never that stronger presence, but the love of community could is has always carried the basketball attendance. The students have largely done their part, but it is a smaller student section than say footballs, which is massive. So, you know, you still need eight to 10,000 paying ticket customers at any time to have a quote unquote, like full feeling game. So what, what does tech need to do to get people back here? And what do you think about the early woes with attendance? I think it's getting better. Obviously, you know, you're going into a brand new season, a lot of new pieces and out of uh, uncertainty, you know, so it's just, you you show your support. All the diehards are always going to be there. All your, but then there's also the ones that are just kind of skeptical of exactly what the outlook's going to be. We're eight and two. It's slowly getting better. I've been to a couple ball games. The very first home um, basketball game to start the year off uh, against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, I'm sorry, Texas A&M Commerce. Um, I was there at that game, and it was probably the whole bottom deck was a majority of it was filled, but it wasn't completely. And the, the top deck, it just, it just wasn't anywhere close to being filled. Like I've seen in the past, typically because I'm from Lubbock and I've been to the games over the last three years, this is something that does happen pretty regularly. Um, as far as the non-conference games go, so it's not really a shock to not see a full-fledged crowd out there. But I, I'm i pretty sure that first home game we get in the Big 12, I think we're getting um, Oklahoma State here on January 9th. Um, Christmas break should be towards the end there. We'll have our student section back. I think 
that crowd will be popping. And we do have some pretty big games here at home with some top 25 teams coming up. And those always usually draw bigger crowds. I don't think it's anything necessarily that Texas Tech could do any difference to getting fans in. I mean, the tickets are fairly and relatively cheap to get in right now. It's just that there's not big draws coming here, you know, like they've they've been in the past, you know, with like a Georgetown coming in the Big East Challenge or, you know, different games like that. Um, So just me personally, I don't think it's a real a real issue right now. Once Big 12 play starts, I think those crowds, those crowd numbers are going to jump up. I would say it is a problem, maybe not like end of the world level problem right by any stretch. Um, because it, it's just not like, like you said, you're not playing the best and brightest right now. Um, at home in particular, I mean, you just haven't had any real draw. I mean, Vanderbilt's the closest you've gotten and that's just not a good team. Um, but I will say like, you didn't have these problems last year or the year before that, or the year before that, or the year before that, after Chris Beard kind of rebuilt this program and got excitement back in all time high, um, uh, so it is pretty, I think the, the most alarming part is how fast, you know, the, 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 the support for this dwindled. Um, um, it, it's, it's a pretty nuts thing to think about, right? Because like you went from being one of the most feared venues in the big 12 to play in any day of the week to just, um, to really, to really, uh, uh, I mean, like, I, I don't even know where you rank now in total terms of total of attendance, but like, if it wasn't for Baylor's embarrassing showings on their end, you would be the worst looking team, right? And uh, it, it is an unserious basketball team thing to have attendance problems of these levels. And I think that, you know, the only way to cure this is to win and win a lot. You have to build back excitement. Of course, when Big 12 play starts, this hopefully won't be a continued issue. Um, you know, if the, if the, if the team's playing at a high level, if they're winning, if they're really performing well, theoretically, with the heightened draw of having all these exciting Big 12 matchups, surely this won't be an issue. So it's not time to pull the fire bell, fire alarm yet, but it is kind of frustrating and kind of upsetting to see it happen so fast to a program that like a couple of years ago, this wasn't even a thought. I mean, these games had 14,000 people in them, 12,000 people in them no matter who you were playing to where you've got a power five opponent coming to your house. And there's, I, I think generously 7,000 people. So it, it's not good. Um, and it, it's pretty amazing how fast that happened, but it's, it's a fixable problem, both when the schedule improves and just by winning, you have to win it last year sucked team was fucking terrible, right? Like they were not good. They were bad. And when you're bad, people don't want to spend money to watch a bad product. We do that enough during football season. And, you know, it, it's it's tech isn't necessarily a basketball school. That The level of homegrown support's not going to be there. Tech supports winners. That's how this has always worked. So, you know, you win, you get, to, you get some great matchups at home. It should cure itself. It is just frustrating to see. It has to be frustrating for the team. Um, you know, I think the Raider riot has also had some guys graduate and that's hurt. You know, they don't seem very organized this year. They don't seem very out and about trying to get people to the games. Uh, you know, it's, 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 
it's frustrating, right? Because this is things that you just don't imagine happening after all the all the attendance success you've had the last several years. I mean, it's barely been an issue getting people in. And then now it, it's the opposite problem. You you are staring at empty bowls on television every night. So, you know, you've got a game coming up this week on Thursday. Uh, it, it's not like this is a huge draw. I'm not going to pretend that this is the, the draw that we're all waiting for. But it's UT Arlington coming to your house. Hopefully we start to see this stuff get fixed a bit, right? Like the team's now sitting with a good record. Um, you just won a big power five matchup. Hopefully Vanderbilt figures it the fuck out and that turns into a good win. You're eight and two. Um, you know, the team's got problems. I'm concerned maybe more than some people are about, about how they're playing, but hopefully we see a good attendant game, maybe 10,000 in the crowd without the students really around. And hopefully they can take care of business against a, a UT Arlington team. They should pound. But I mean, it, you like you're talking about, like you start big toll play with Texas um, on the road and then you've got Oklahoma state coming to your house. So hopefully real quick, this problem becomes a, a thing of the past. Now, Joe, we're, we're coming towards an end point here of this episode. There hasn't been a lot to talk about yet with basketball season. Tech has not played tremendous competition, um, but let's talk about what we've seen so far. What are your thoughts as we reach, as we're nearly to the holiday break? I think there's some, some positives there. Obviously, I'm not going to jump on the Kerwin bandwagon. He's had three solid games in a row. He's doing everything like everybody wished he did coming from North Carolina here. So I'm not jumping quite on that, but it is great to see him do that. I believe Pop Isaac's shot is going to come around. Obviously, McCaslin's giving him the green light. And once once Pop gets hot, he turns into one of those shooters pretty similar to Kerwin, maybe not to that caliber as a sharp, sharp shooter, but it is one of those things that I think Pop Isaacs is going to come around. Toussaint's playing great. He's great at distributing the ball. He's great at defense. He's, you know, he's doing everything that is was asked of him coming in. And just to see some of these younger guys moving forward, this is kind of the the Darian Williams, the Lamar Washingtons the Robert Jennings, you know, these guys coming in, you know, their second year making impacts as far as once big 12 play comes around. Now I know all of these guys have had power five experience at some, to some degree. So it's, it's really telling to see where this, where this program is going to be after that Texas game. Obviously I don't, I don't expect tech to lose anymore until they get to Austin on the sixth. So that puts Tech at 11 and 2 going into Big 12 play. So this team has a lot of makings to make some noise in the Big 12. Obviously, once we start playing teams with bigger guys, then we could kind of get into that how we're going to adjust or, you know, what kind of ball we're going to be playing, what kind of rotations will we'll McCaslin throw out there. But, you know, as far as how this team's progressed so far, I think if you would have asked me at the start of the year if I would have been okay with a eight and two, eleven and an eight and two start to the out of the first ten games with a new staff and uh, new players, you know, from top to bottom, in in a sense, you know, this is this is something you could deal with. You played Villanova very close. You played Butler all the way till the end. These are those are top tier teams that have been in the NCAA tournament. So it's you know, this team can compete. So now it's just a part of moving forward and, you know, 
taking the next step. And I think this team is capable of doing it. The coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job. We are minus the Cambridge injury. We are healthy as can be. So moving forward, I I expect some good things. I do expect some, some lulls too, because that's just to be expected. But I think we're in a good in a in a good spot right now moving forward, and you know maybe we could make some some noise in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean you you're talking about Pop Isaacs. It's it's been a streaky year for him, but you know the offense is going to flow with him. Toussaint's been an, a, a great upgrade. Walton's resurgence has been a huge help. Um, losing Cambridge does lower the ceiling for this team, presumably. You know, you can't lose a guy like that. It was averaging like ten points a game. It was a substantial part of your your rotation. And just, you know, not even skip a beat. But, you know, it's going to come down a lot to, I think, what Warren Washington does. He, he's going to be your primary forward. He's going to be your only real big. You know, he's he's seven feet tall. He, he can be a true force in this conference as he develops. But it's going to be problematic. You're going to play teams who have bigs that are very, very good. And you're going to play teams that can back you down. And you're going to play teams that shoot the ball well. And when you're playing teams that do all of those things, what do you do when they try to take away your weapon, which is really the three-point ball? And what do they do? What do you do when they start backing you down? You know, I'm not going to freak out yet about some of the lack- lackluster performances at times. But, you know, I have concerns. I'm concerned that this team may just not have the horses right now to get it done, especially in the interior. I, I, I just don't know if the roster construction's there, but it, it really is too early to say. I mean, you're going to find out in a hurry. Texas is reeling, but that is a tough squad to go beat. Um, you know, that, 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 that that's a team that's had a lot of talent on it, and while they're not looking like they're particularly awesome, they will be a tough challenge and an immediate challenge on the road to find out, you know, what do you got? What do you got in this conference? You know, are you going to be able to compete? Are you going to be able to adjust to what's coming at you? Um, so I, I think overall, you know, the team is where it is. Um, and it's not that they're in a good place or not in a bad place, but they're on that like verge of being either. Um, you know, you can really take a huge leap forward, build off this Vanderbilt performance, close out strong with two more wins and non-conference play, get ready for the challenge of Big 12 play. Or you can stumble a bit. You can struggle through these two games like you have at a times against some of your non-conference performances and and really come out weak into the Big 12 play. So what I want to see is I want to see the rotation locked down by the time you get to Texas. And, you know, Grant McCallison's going to have to learn very quickly how to adjust on the fly against Big 12 opponents. You know, that's a that's a whole new ball game from what he's been dealing with. So it, it's, it, it's not like we've seen anything <clears throat> overwhelmingly discouraging. I don't think we've seen anything overwhelmingly positive. I think we're still in that wait and see mode. I mean, look, I say if you get to the tournament this year, you're ahead of schedule and a rebuild. So that that's my goal, just get to the tournament. Because once you're there, you know, who knows what the hell is going to happen. The tournament is such a random crapshoot. You can make some noise as a not very good team in that tournament just by getting hot at the right moment. And as a three-point shooting heavy team, that can really carry you pretty far in the NCAA tournament. So just getting there is the battle, surviving the punches this league's going to throw at you. The team's proved to be pretty resilient. I mean, Villanova kind of slapped around. They battled back, battled back, and just kind of ran out of gas. Butler kind of punched them around. They battled back, battled back, forced overtime, nearly had that one. Really tough to drop that one after that huge rally and then having a shot at the win. So, you know, this team's shown some resiliency, some fight, some fire, things that I thought were missing last year. Um, And it comes from everybody being a a year older. You know, Pop's a year older. Walton's a year older. All these guys are a year older. And you brought in veteran talent off the portal to help bolster it. 
So, you know, this team fights. We'll, we'll just see what they can do at upper level. Now, Joe, I'm going to let you close out real quick with our final analysis, which is just what is your thought about 10 and 2? Say what happens, what's supposed to happen happens, you finish 10 and 2. How are you feeling out about that non conference record? Um, it'd be 11 and 2. I think we have three left um, before the Texas game, if I'm not mistaken. But 11 and 2 going into Big 12 play. Start of the year, like I said, expectations were not set super high because that's just, you know, being realistic here. I've been with this program a lot. I had a shoulder surgery in July that kind of had me sidelined from work for a while. And I spent a whole lot of time with this basketball team. This coaching staff was able to see kind of the inner workings of McCaslin and company. Now, I can't go on record saying everything that I saw, because like I said, then I'd have those rights rescinded, but I did get to see a whole lot of the things that, that this staff does well. And of the biggest takeaway from that, of that month that I was able to spend with this program was just how they are so in tune to the details. They're they do different things, different drills, fundamentally stuff. Coach McCaslin stops practice when there's a mistake. He addresses it at that time. He doesn't just let it pass and then address it once that mistake becomes a consistent issue. He stops practice. He gets things done, stopped. He talks to all his players. His coaching staff talks to all these players one-on-one. Hey, this is what we saw. This is what we think we could do to make you know it better. And we've been seeing it, you know, from day one to where we're at now. Get a little bit better every time. Yes, they've with certain rotations on defense. There are some times where the defense breaks down. We leave an open shooter, you know, this, that, or the other. Our rotation is too slow. Those are all things that could get fixed. Those are just all things that get better over time. And with McCaslin's track record and some of his coaching staff's track record, these are things that you know that are coming. It's just sit and wait. You know, this team hasn't been together a whole lot. You know, it's it's been well documented that a lot of these players, a lot of these coaches weren't on in Lubbock until later in July. And then they're off August. So they've only technically had as a full staff players and team wise goes September, October, November, and we're in December. So going on four months, which isn't a lot of time together. If you look at it in like a, in a big picture kind of way. So this team is still gelling together. Now, do we have the tools to move forward? Yes, I do believe we do. As far as that takes us depends on if we get hot at the right time how we're playing, if that three ball's going down, if we're able to secure or stay consistent on the defensive side whenever we do face those challenges of teams that do play bigs. So, like I said, McCaslin and and the coaching staff have been doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job moving, getting this team to where they need to be. Obviously, that Cambridge injury is huge, massive, because he's just a game changer. Hopefully, not saying that this is going to happen, but if he gets that medical red shirt, he comes back bigger and better for this program next year. But that's, you know, that's down the road kind of stuff. But I think right now, if you're going into Austin, 
on January 6th at 11 and 2, you got to feel pretty, pretty solid about yourself. And then depending on how that showing is on that particular night, I think is going to be the tell all for how the rest of the season goes. They're a resilient group. Like you said, there are a bunch of dogs out there. They have no quit in them and they're going to give it their all. And that's all you really ask and just get better every day. You get those turnovers, the assists up, the turnovers down. You keep certain guys out of foul trouble. This team can make a run into the tournament, but that's you know yet to be seen. But like I said, this team is in good hands. We'll see. We'll probably see more of what we're going to look like in the Big 12 after the Texas game. And we'll see what next steps we have. And then we'll talk about that more in depth as those as those games come along. Yeah, I mean it, it's just it's just a situation where you just we're we're waiting and seeing, but you know it's it. I don't think there's any reason for optim uh just wild optimism. I don't think there's any reason for wild pessimism. I think you're where you're supposed to be at this point, and let's hope for the best closing the year out, um, heading into you know the new year with Big Twelve competition right around the corner. So can't stumble. You are right. I was missing the North Alabama game. Um, you close with UT Arlington, Sam Houston, North Alabama. Then you head to Texas. So you've got three games you can't lose. Um, and then your first true big test of the year. I mean, Villanova was a, was a talented basketball team, but Big 12 Challenge is another level. So it's it's going to be a situation where we'll find out very quick what this team is made of. I mean, that that's just how it goes in this conference. You can't take any nights off, and you're going to get punched in the face every week. But that's going to bring us to the close of our episode. We're going to have a lot more basketball content for you guys going forward. As always, like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is on whatever major podcasting platform. Thank you guys for listening. Rackham, enjoy the week. Enjoy the holiday. You won't, I doubt you'll hear from us again until after Christmas in terms of a podcast. There may be articles coming out. So keep your eyes peeled for those and additional content. Thanks for listening this year. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy the extended break. Hopefully a lot of you get to take. Um, Rackham, talk to you guys later.